go and get a coffee. You can't make me. Are you joking? Get up now. No. What no, now. What so are you doing? I was scragging girls twice your size outside the top end pub before you were even born. Now, go. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We're the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We pick neighbors apart. For you, for your pleasure, I am Vaya, a freelance TV writer currently looking for another gig and I can never suspend disbelief. Kate tweets about Neighbours most nights at Remude. Hello. Hi, everybody. CJ is best known as Catherine Jones or CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello. We are in your abode, which is Moonlights as the PirateNet Studios mobile Izzy's, branch. Izzy's yep, Izzy's affair suite. Yeah. Guys, guys. We have been scragging it for 151 episodes. Yeah, we forgot that last week was 150. <laughs> We're all hot messes now. Because <laughs> I don't look at the numbers till I go to upload. Like my brain doesn't cotton on till I type it into my save file. I'm like, oh, I should have should have mentioned it. I didn't last week. But we're 151, mate. Palindrome. That's amazing. <laughs> Palindrome. No, it's amazing, right? Like if this was football, this would be a big deal. So I'm assuming it's the same for a podcast. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Are we going to like Timmy Watson it up with 326 games or something like that? Probably. What did he do for that? Well, 326, he'd retire. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's revisit that conversation <laughs> later. But I was thinking, oh, my God, to get to 200 episodes, that's like another solid year of podcasting well, weekly. Weekly's helped us bump up those yeah. Numbers mm. sliding into Neighbours Council business. The business again. I want to talk a bit about anniversaries. So they make me a bit anxious. So there's 150 for us. Five years, by the way, we clocked five years a while ago. There was six months that we had off, but whatever. I love, I put Neighbours on my LinkedIn a while ago. Yeah. It's the only constant in my life. <laughs> I change jobs all the bloody time. <laughs> it's always got Neighbours co-host well, yeah like i'm between freelance contracts and my dad's like you're working i'm like not right now looking you're doing your neighbors I'm like yes and he goes you're still doing that i'm like yes i'm never gonna stop doing that dad <laughs> so get used to it anyway neighbors is coming up to its 35th year anniversary and they which, which i always, always remember because baby madge was born on the 30th anniversary lovely ah. and she's coming up to her fifth year exactly her fifth anniversary is coming up baby madge was in utero when neighbors started true and neighbors just released the promo of who's coming back yes and i haven't watched it yet because I, I, I just don't I, like i watched it yeah i don't like taking the magic away from these things but how did what did you how did you find it oh i was i was like pausing the whole time through it <laughs> is samazan coming back he is but i have to admit i paused on his face for the longest because i was like <laughs> is that samazan yeah it is what has he been i'm too. the most excited about him because yeah, i just wasn't expecting that i feel like he was a real estate agent or something. I could just be making that up. You keep saying that about people. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, I mean, I think it's a common thread, though. <laughs> he was always such an earnest kind of guy. You wouldn't expect him to be, you know, like owning a bar or something like that. The thirty feet pump for Samazan. Don't know why. Just oh, yeah. am. And look, there's some fairly recent familiar faces coming back. So obviously, Detmec. Obviously, Paige, Olympia Valance, and, and piggybacking off the back of that. Oh, former father <laughs> Jane. We've seen her fairly recently, and actually, it looks like she's coming back next week. And as well. obviously. Some of your faves, CJ, Sky and Lana. Oh, yeah. and oh, um, of course they, I knew that. Yeah. That is very exciting. Yeah. And they coming back together? It's, we don't know yet. And Dylan as well. I'm keen to see Olympia. 
even though it hasn't been that long. Because to me, she's Talia now from Playing for Keeps. Yeah, and also that that unicorn we saw on the red carpet, like as in actually Olympia. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm keen to see her. And so we think she's coming back with former father. They're still together, I guess. But also there's a lot of speculation because it's just come out that um, Jodie and Asta's leaving the show. She is, yeah. And after a good long stint on it. Um, oh, of course, because they've announced there's going to be like a million weddings in a very short period of time. Well, I do, there's four weddings and a funeral or something. and But also there's some speculation now that since Detmex coming back, is he going to be part of the Ellie exit storyline or is he is he somehow tied up in the Paige Jack situation? Mm. I don't know. It's fun. It's a fun little puzzle. I actually don't hate that for them that he just comes back and says, you know what, you've got a baby and I have always wanted <laughs> one of them. I can look past you. Might, you might know this about me, but I've, yeah, I've got an urge to be a father. Mm. Mm. And I hear the father's dead. <laughs> so, hello. And uh, another Heritage Neighbours character coming back is Des. Oh. And yeah, I was, actually, I saw that on the little – did you see the um, social media image that had them all in like little – Yeah, slides? great. That was a yeah. great little marketing. It was, yeah. And I was Technique. chatting to one of my kinder mum friends who was a long-time Neighbours fan. Hmm. And I was saying, oh, yeah, Des is coming back. And she goes, oh, wasn't he in the first episode? And I was like, yes, sorry, he was. <laughs> Great. I'll have to dig up that first episode. I wish Jason Donovan. So oh. Jason Donovan's been back this week on Instagram. What did you mm-hmm. refer to it as? It was Take Dad to Work Day. <laughs> um, so firstly, Gemma looked beautiful. They Stunning. Have, oh, she, I went and visited her whole Instagram profile yeah. after that. I, I want to know her. <laughs> as a human and they just look like they have so much fun and together they were just so happy in the sunshine with their ramsey street sign and mm. I'm, I'm glad for her that her dad's like working in melbourne for a good period of time mm. so it's that they can be together sweet. as a family she's only young still yeah and he's mm. it's a big part of his background and now it's a big part of her formative mm. years she makes a lot of posts with olivia and zimmer and she made a hilarious post with zimmer where she said i promise i'll have other friends <laughs> Yeah, but oh. this is what you do when you're in the neighbours bubble. You hang with your neighbours. It's what you do when you're her age and you have a job, of course. Basically. And also, but she's moved from the UK as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. fully expect her to have like a social group. She's got more friends than Harlow, put it that way. Well, she does, but I have realised this week that I am Harlow. What? Okay, Should we, do you want to tell me that later? Let's talk about neighbours. Yeah, okay, we'll get into that. But the reason I brought up the 35th, it makes me anxious because doing a podcast about a thing, you all, I often feel pressure to do some big event thing alongside the thing. and We just missed our 150th. I don't think people are on the edge of their seats with that. Like I did something for the 50th. Like I, I, we did something for Hotel Death Trap Week. Like we went live. We do some. I'm just putting it out there. Remember, um, if you're thinking about joining our Patreon, we are going to put on a neighbour's night if we get to 100 Patreons. Yeah, so, so come on, guys. Every what now and then. But the, my point is we do this, apart from our Patreon income, we do this for mainly the love of it. Mm. And we fit this in around jobs, families, life, admin, and mm. it's tricky. And so we can't always line up with the big neighbours events. So sometimes I feel pressure. I'm like, you know, we wanted to do the Logies and we want to do lots of things, but we can't, we might just have to watch it. I mean, they're going to do double episodes that week. That's pretty exciting. So we can definitely recap those, but I don't know. W- what week is it? What's well, the 18th of March. Baby Madge's <laughs> birth week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, she was due on the 18th. She came on the 15th. Yeah. So, so I'm right. going I was... to America on the 26th. Is, will it be over? Yeah, it will be. Okay. Yeah, will... That's a Thursday, so I might miss the Friday. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. We'll hook you up. The bottom line is 
I hope everyone's okay if we just do your bread and butter for your 35th. Also, I don't feel like 35th is not really a real milestone. Talk to me at 40, guys. <laughs> Talk to me at 40. Then we'll bring out the, all the stops. How about we just take it as it comes? Yeah. Not going to hype it. No. We'll so go. you can be amazed with whatever we give you. We'll go by feet. Yeah. Play by ear. Yeah. We're pa- going to watch Neighbours and talk about it at some week. <laughs> yeah. At some point like in Like we do week. every week. 76 patrons. <gasps> 76 oh trombones. Oh, we are getting closer. I know. That's why it's I'm like not It's like 20 for 24 people. Guys, we could do this in a ne- like the next three weeks or something. I'm really scared. I- I didn't get to go to the Dr. Carl gig that you guys went to. Which was great. He's doing another gig coming up. Which is amazing. But no, but he will come to this. Okay. So come on, guys. Um, You're you're twisting his arm on this. Yeah. I'm sure he'll come. Thank you to Laura Jane. the the kindest man on earth. He's beautiful. Laura Jane, aka LJ, and Joanna, who I think is Joe. Joanna, thank you to both of you. Thank you. With both your full names and your nicknames for your support. The Frozen 1 Buddy Watch episode is up for your listening pleasure. And then Frozen 2, the neighbors have uh, really done us proud with some analysis <laughs> that will be hitting your ears on patreon.com slash neighborspod in the coming month. Oh, and Neighbor Wards, thank you. Yes, we thank were you. voted best podcast. That's amazing. Thank you, guys. It's a nice, warm hug. Much appreciated. Now, deep dive. We're going to deep dive into Wednesday, Feb 5. Bit of run up to that is that we first must discuss that Paul has made this gesture to his lovely son, David, and his husband, Aaron. He's made a little purchase. What is that, CJ? He's bought a float at Mardi Gras. (laughs) Who knew? Uh, It's divine. So obviously we know the boys recorded a scene or two when they were there last year. And the theme of it's going to be everybody's welcome at Lassiter's. Precious. Which is just them, I guess they're just kind of going to, um, I don't know what it was, green screen over there, everyone's welcome yeah. on Ramsey Street to, yeah. to Lassiter's. Super over it. It should have been, we promise the spy cams are all gone at Lassiter's. <laughs> Unless you like that. I reached out to friend of the show, Brockle Snitch, Beck, to ask what the corporate float situation was usually like at Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, they do have corporate huge ones like like a bank or a radio station or Woolworths or something. Not sure about small businesses. And I said, well, oh, excuse me, this yeah. is an international yes, hotel chain. I reminded her this is a global hotel chain and I listed off all the major cities. Abu Dhabi, yes. Hobart, New York, New York, Darwin and Erinsborough. So <laughs> it's up there with the big four banks and the major supermarket chains. I guess if you're in the UK, like Asta. <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Not out of the realms of possibility. But it caused a whole lot of commotion this week because Chloe's trying to project manage it as the general manager of the hotel. There needs to be more people working there. Also, it's coming up really soon. You know what, though? Bring back brand enthusiasm. I miss it, yeah. Because he could be freelancing. It doesn't seem like he goes to the gym ever. Never. No. And this is his... This is his gig. Mm. He should be doing freelance gigs of like event planning. Imagine if he and Chloe teamed up and ran brand enthusiasm together. He he would be able to choreograph that float as well. You'd be like, all right, everyone put your chaps on. Yep. Five, six, seven, eight, eight. let's go. (laughs) Lift, 12, Ben. (laughs) Writes itself. Chloe can do the fashions. Hendrix can do a Pinterest board for them. Oh, Hendrix could wear his um, Dalmatian jacket without a shirt. Nice. We'll get to that soon. (laughs) And Chloe is being belittled by Paul, who no longer trusts her to manage anything, even though she's done like a one-day training course now on management. And she's been given a five-effing year contract. Yeah. 
Yuck. This feels. I feel like she should be documenting this all for some sort of bullying case mm. in like a year or so. Or just some podcast crew following her around to do the expose in a couple of years. It's actually quite offensive that Paul is not empowering his queer general manager, as she said she's the B in LGBTIQ, mm. to project manage the Mardi Gras float. It's offensive. However, the light in this darkness is that Sheila comes up with a proposal that she's, as a queer icon, as the former oh, yeah, star yeah. of the viral video Cranky Granny, I don't quite know what her concept is, just but it's about her. <laughs> it's about Sheila. Yeah, it was everybody's welcome, I guess. Even straight older ladies. <laughs> yeah, I love her as like like the Madam of Lassiter's, almost like an Alice in Wonderland, Queen of Hearts, like welcoming everyone in, but in like a really cranky granny, cheeky yeah. way. I don't know. I would love to see Sheila as the Queen of Hearts. That's perfection. So Chloe tests out that Paul's not trusting her by putting through Sheila's idea as her own, then revealing it was Sheila's idea. Mm. And he, he at first he poo-pooed it and then he said, oh, no, I like that one. Let's do that. And, like, initially when I heard that line, I thought, no, well, I mean, he's not that basic. But most men in those situations, they are that basic. Like when they repeat something a woman just said in a meeting. Oh, God. Yeah. As if it was their idea or as if, yeah. So I'm sorry, Paul, I love you, but this seems like right down your alley of being ridiculous. She also sent over a bunch of other ideas and he called them pedestrian, which I... I I love that. That's one of my favourite insults. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a good put down. (laughs) It's pitch perfect. It's a great put down, but to someone like Chloe, it is a dagger through the heart, Mm -hmm. hey? Also, it meant that she then had to talk about her work day to people that aren't at her work. And I just, I find that so tedious when people that are in business or corporate world talk about that stuff to people not in that world. And then I sent my pictures to my boss and he rejected five of them. So I had to send him five more pictures. It's like, I don't want to be at this conversation anymore. You find them pedestrian, do you? I find them pedestrian. (laughs) Well, some of us have to live in that regular world. (laughs) But you don't talk to me about those business meetings and you just go. I might start. (laughs) just go hey we got to meet the wiggles and that's that's the fun bit of the story (laughs) don't talk to me about your blue sky meetings or whatever greenfields Um, blue skies (laughs) what we really want to get to we need to get some shirts off this situation so tuesday some teen romance teen hormones have blossomed Mm. hendrix who has been at odds with harlow since they both arrived at the street Hendo, who Sarah, Sarah Rose G on Twitter, gave me a great new nickname for him. She is Jewish and this is a term. Oh, like a shiksa. Yeah. Schmendrick. <laughs> it's Yiddish for an ineffectual, foolish or contemptible person. How great is that? That's perfect. Schmendrick. Anyway, so Schmendrick, he's just trying to strut around like a peacock in front of Harlow. School's back. And he just doesn't want to be constrained by uniforms. Now his locker is on top of hers as well. Right above there. Grim. She's mm. right down the bottom too. That's You shouldn't have three lockers. That's just pandemonium. Yeah. Two I can get, one on top of the other, but three. Mm. By the time we were in year 12, we had like kind of vertical lockers mm. that were just, there was no one above or below you, but it was quite a skinny locker. We had two, but in year 12, you're the cream of the crop. You get top mm. locker. Like you have earned your position on the top. You've done the you've done the hard yards, being around people's like smelly socks, yeah. underarms. Harlow should have taken that to Sue's. Like, mate, my dad's in the slammer. I need a top locker. 
Yeah. It's for mental health reasons. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoy how this has been executed because this is classic teen fodder. It can be a bit off-putting that she's like this guy takes his shirt off and she's suddenly like melting. But, mate, that's what happens. Like sometimes mm. you go, oh, hello, mm. something's happened here. And she said something happened. Like something I think biological happened to Harlow when he took his shirt off. Hendrix didn't have a shirt on. Yeah, I was there, remember? Yeah, and something happened to me when he didn't have a shirt on, like, you know, happened. And I feel like I need 20 baths or my memory wiped or my brain rewired because it's Hendrix, you know? It's Hendrix. I mean, i got to say I agree with her. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, these ladies will attest. Before he even took his shirt off, because his uniform's very tight. (laughs) And well, he said he's been pumping iron. He's got to get a new one. Obviously has. I was looking at him and I thought, he's very attractive. Catherine, that's awful. He's in a uniform. <laughs> I'm now, what's his name? I'm Ned. I'm Ned. Oh, yeah, Ned, you're a toolie. Do we need to get Kate Sobrano in here? Here we go. <laughs> Her 80s B-side hit. So I'm I'm glad he was able to take that very restrictive uniform off. Can I just say also people across the land have Googled Benny Turlin's age and he is... <laughs> he's he's of age. He's of age. 21. Happy 21st. So I did... I jumped into our private chat and said, hey guys, how old's this guy? And <laughs> both of you ladies knew exactly what I was asking straight away. But when... You know how Google has suggestions? Like when you start to Google. I put in Benny... Turland? Benny Turland. And the, the, the second one was age. Ah. So I was not the only it person was a checking hot, this. hot search item that day. I, I have thought during his whole tenure at Neighbours, he has quite the devilish glint in his eye. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, he, while I was looking up his age for you, CJ, mm. doing a police check, he has a background as a dancer. Yep. He's been on Australia's Got Talent, like, right. like our young Bonnie Anderson. Jeez, oh, we're going to have to get on the Googs for that, aren't we? Yeah. And he's a little tacker and he's, he's been on the soap over the road. Oh, he's done some home and away gear. Look, and we're, we're fans of him on this podcast. He's a great actor. But I'm just falling in love with this character now, which is ridiculous because he hasn't been all that nice, has he? No, well, no. I, ca- I can't say he has. <laughs> I'm a Susan now. <laughs> no, but he, he's funny. Yeah. His humour kind of excuses a lot I, of his crappiness. I'm not a Hendo fan, but I have a lot of appreciation for... Who you have a crush on in high school can sometimes not make a jot of sense. It's just who you have a crush on in high school. And sometimes it's the nearest handsome person, the one that's very close to you and the locker above you and spraying Mm. their links above you. Yeah, so I appreciate that all of this feeds into teen shenanigans. And welcome back, Mackenzie, to the fold. Mm -hmm. We've got a holy trinity of teens now. Uh, played by Georgie Stone, who has since been commemorated in the Australia Day Order of Australia honours alongside her mother, Rebecca, for all their trans activism. She got an OAM, I think, was yes, it? Yes. yes. Because Paul Mercurio, who played her father, also got an Order of Australia. So Rebecca and Georgie got the Order of Australia medal. And so this week, they're taking their shirts off and figuring out what they want to do with the rest of their lives. Yeah, they've got uh, straight on day one of school, meet with the careers counsellor. That's pretty rough, but It's a little bit late. Let me a bit late. Considering that the VCE is done over two years, you generally do careers counselling in year 10 before you choose your year 11 subjects. Because they want you to be able to, as Harlow does later in the week, change your electives. That was one weird moment for me. Can yeah. We, can we sidebar into that? So Harlow's decided, she goes, well, look, I want to understand the human mind. So am I going to be a psychiatrist, a psychologist or a psychopath? 
<laughs> and she um, decides to work this out by going to see a um, psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> evil Finn. She's like, well, I know Dad. So she Who's... sees um, someone in training to be a psychiatrist. Is that what David is training to be? I think he's going to deviate into a psychiatric specialty. Yes. Yeah, okay. I actually Googled today how long it takes to become a psychiatrist versus a psychologist. Oh, much longer. Yeah. yeah. So you think actually at the stage of being at the start of year 12, going up to David and saying, I don't know whether to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, he'd go, well, really, your marks are going to dictate it at this stage. Mm. Yeah. And Ellie you're getting Con- into medicine or you're getting into arts yeah. or science. And Ellie Conway, you, you're out of the teaching profession. Stop giving advice. She advises Harlow to change to psychology. Mm. Okay. Psychology well, is the Mickey Mouse subject of year 12, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But um, so psychiatry, you have to do yeah, a medicine degree and it's 13 years of study all up. Whereas to be a psychologist, it ends up at being, I think, six or seven years of study. But you don't need to have done psychology as a year 12 subject. Well, I, look, I kind of don't blame it. She, she was, I feel it's something you probably should do rather than doing geography. And that's Geogra- speaking- oh, Geography, she does not need to do. I, look, I did geography. If she's not I interested. I loved it. Yeah, but you, but yeah. you wanted to study. What did you want to study? Oh, look, I did I did geomatics after. But uh, look, I should have done psychology because it was one of those bludge subjects. That's that, what I'm saying. Yeah. So I wanted to be a psychologist. Right. Because this is another reason why I'm Harlow. Because- <laughs> I met some people that weren't that great and went, I'm going to be a psychologist. So CJ likes to unpack things. I do. So first year psychology at a university is identical to year 12 psychology. That's so, what I thought. Because you don't have to do it. So you don't have to do it. Mm. What is Ellie talking about then? I'm with Kate in the sense that I went into first year psychology and already knew it all. And so I didn't really have to try. That's a waste of uni fees. It is, but you have to do it anyway. You're paying for it anyway. So why don't you just... You might as well get some really good marks out of it. So why don't you just, yeah. okay, learn it fresh. Oh, anyway. I got it, to go inebriated. It was great. But but you didn't have to do it. Ellie's point was you should really change right now and do psychology. You don't have you to. You don't do have it. to. No, you don't have to do it. Um, but it would probably but if help. If do- it's something she's only just decided to do, she may as well do it and go, oh, geez, I'm really not interested in this at all. Yeah. It's good yeah. to find that out during year 12 I than w- during uni. I would rather ask the question, is it going to scale up? Is it going to get you into the school yeah. you want to get to or is there something that's gonna that you prefer that you're better at is it like literature or whatever that's going to scale up and get you the marks to get you into a psychiatry I, degree i feel the careers counselor at orangeborough high should say well how about we get you some um work experience in the easter holidays like coming up Zancan. so you can actually this is quite a drastic career change you can yeah. actually get an insight into it and see whether it is something is you a, want to do which is i think what harlow was trying to carve out for herself but i really think a teacher should have guided her on I that i feel like she's doing a bit of silence of the lambs i feel like this is jodie foster interviewing <laughs> hannibal lecter like no dude dude you don't have to go for like the really dangerous people first just go for the people with like a few problems talk to ellie but like to be entirely honest that's all i wanted to do forensic psychology I wanted to do exactly what she, and I would have like jumped at that chance. But when you said it's a big career change, did she say what she wanted to do before? I don't know, she but didn't. it seems like no, she's okay. jumping around. But look, she's got a great background. She's she's a bit messed up. Like her parents are quite messed up. And I did like the chutzpah of they're going, you're going to need a really high ATAR, a really high mark to get into this course. Do she's you? Like, oh, yeah, I can do that, whatever. She's like, wasn't even fussed. But do you though? Like, um, depends what uni you go to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zankan, she can hook you up over at um, Trump University upstate. Yeah. I'll have a course in that, I'm sure. I was thinking of Zankan because Harlow came into this, so she's asked to be tutored by Finn. The 19-year-old boy. She turns up 
dressed very much the way Xanthi looked at her medicine work experience, her hospital work experience. She had the preppy shirt, blouse and glasses. And I thought that that was going to set off Milsey and he was going to have flashbacks to when he groomed Xanthi. Oh, yeah. Because so what had happened on the Monday is that Carl bloody Colander Kennedy is dropping by Erinsborough High to hand something to Susan and asks a student, hey, one of 400 students in the vicinity, have you seen one staff member, my wife? And they're like, staff roommate? And he's like, good tip. Her office? Can't be that. He tried that. Text her, no, he, text yeah, her for God's go sake. freaking find your wife yourself. Don't ask. Anywhere but the lockers? No. Yeah. Just don't lurk around the school. No. Like, go to the front office and they will get on the PA for it. It's not like Erinsborough Hospital. People just don't just stand around handing out information. I can't look at him and not see the actor, though. I just think, <laughs> oh, it's, he's just... He just can't find his wife. So what's he overheard then? He heard Mackenzie and Harlow having a chat about having a crush. Yeah, they're trying to unpack it. Mm. And Carl, he's not foreign to having a crush. No. As we've relived several times this week. Um, But he has a listen. He feels nostalgic to young love and thinks, oh, that's, that's cute. And then alarm bells go off. He also noticed, well, everyone's noticed that Harlow's spent wanting to spend a lot of time with Finn. So he assumes that they're talking about a crush she's got on Finn, which she does not. He really joins those dots, quick sticks, and then, (laughs) as he's wont to do, sings like a goddamn canary to the rest of the Kennedy clan. (laughs) Then they are all worried that this young girl is going to sniff around Millsy and he's he's got a history of corrupting young girls and (laughs) let's not set that off. Trying to kill children. Trying to kill 400 of them at once. She sets everybody straight. First, Millsy, they're trying to make Millsy bring it up with her and that's a cute scene where he's like, oh, what? I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about this. And then they finally bring it up with her and she's like, what, the, what are you talking about? I want to learn about psychology by talking to someone who's got problems. I've got a lot of issues. You know one part that I just love with this because Ellie tried to tutor for four minutes when she, mm. when she lost her job and like someone's like, what about Ellie? And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to a teacher. I want to go to a crazy person. Yeah. Why isn't Ellie just privately advertising to be a tutor? She tried once, time, and it didn't work. She with, tried. With a company. Yeah, once. Yeah, I um, was looking on Airtasker as when I'm between jobs, I start to wonder what else is out there for me. And you can tutor on Airtasker. Yeah. Like, anyway. There's heaps on, like, for instance, on Seek, there's companies that do online teaching that constantly have ads for teachers at home to teach people who are like doing remote studies. Especially English as a second language. Yep. A lot of refugees come over and want she's to learn a, some she's basics. She's how a is, damn English teacher. How is Ellie paying her rent? She saved up six months, Kate. I she, don't know how because I can't, but she can. She can. <laughs> she, maybe she borrowed some off of who recently saved a lot of money? Jimmy in New York. Oh, <laughs> my God. What is with these people and their skills? <laughs> But I do really enjoy year 12, like senior students trying to figure out what they want to do because mm. we're all trying to still figure out what we're doing mm. and trying to figure out who they've got the horn for and trying to figure out who to keep that information from. And for fuck's sake, Carl, like this is a schoolgirl's private secret. Keep it zipped. Move along, Carl. Move oh. along. He, then he tells, while he's shooting his mouth off, Colin to Kennedy, just the information runs through to Hendrix. Mm. It's like, oh, I thought Xanthi, uh, what's her name? Well, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah. Xanthi 2.0 Harlow has had a crush on Finn. Finn, but I was mistaken. It was a different person. Mm. And he thinks, wait a second, I've been walking around her a lot lately. Got to be with, me. Without my clothes on. And 
Look, that's very privileged of him to assume it's him, but it is. But yeah, yeah. he's pretty savvy. They are going to fall in love, right? Obviously. Yeah, I'm, 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 I really can't wait. I love them together. It's, look, you've got to have the slow burn because it's going to turn boring once they get together. Yeah, it's going to be a double scoop of vanilla ice cream. So she decides to call him bluff a bit later in the week and goes fully hits on him. Yeah, let's – okay, we need to do a bit of a run-up. I need a bit of a warm-up to get okay, to that. Okay, go for it. First, he drops by Harlow's place – to visit the cat it's like they're co-parenting this cat i think they are like, i've got visitation with clementine yeah he keeps um tucking his shirt into his pants and we're going shirtless but having like a, a pant cape like they're playing um what's that tiggy game like quidditch, quidditch. <laughs> no like you no, play no. tiggy is it well shirts and skins shirts versus skins yeah right yeah. um fair enough he grabs clem sweaty and puts the cat against his oh, person. Oh, no, imagine that. Imagine you get cat hair stuck to your torso. I, I can imagine it because every day when we get out of the shower, mm. Detective Beckett likes to rub herself against our legs. It's annoying because then you've got cat hair legs. But I don't the- that up north. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she's, of course, allergic to Clementine. Yeah, which is an extra blow. Yeah, she's not allergic to Hendrix, though. And that, that's given him a little spring in his step. He likes that he has this effect on her. Look, frankly, he's learned all this shirts off business from his dad. Oh, mate, Bachelor Tim. Yeah, of course. That man has not met a running singlet he likes to wear. <laughs> For years, there was this guy running around, old man running around Essendon without his yeah. without a top on, like an <laughs> ancient man. Man would have been in his late seventies, early eighties. The Cliff Young shuffle. Yeah, he was like an icon, wasn't he? Because you'd be like, oh wow, man, this guy's still going, and that was blustering fifteen years ago. He's still going. He is no way. Yeah. He wears a singlet now. Now, speaking of the teens trying to follow their dreams, Mackenzie has decided she wants to be a legal eagle. The law profession is for her. And she's thinking about family law. And Toadie's like, why pick one branch of the law? <laughs> and he's like, you've got to be pretty thick-skinned to work in family law. She's like, mate, I'm trans. My, I'm ostracised from my dad. My mum's dead. I've been bullied everywhere I've gone. Mm. I think I can handle it. Yeah. She could walk into a regular law tomorrow and mm. handle it. She does, she does seem very idealistic. No, I think you would have to choose what area of law you're moving into with such high morals and that sort of thing. I don't know. What, what do you think? I think a lot of the people I knew who studied law young got into it because of a TV show. Like mm. I think our mate liked the practice and so he watched a lot of the practice. And mm. like, so I feel like she needs to watch a few more box sets and find her groove that way. I think this is a journey on to um, – Family law, but actually representing trans kids. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. There's another podcast we listen to, Best of Both Worlds. There's one of the co-hosts on that's a doctor. And she sort of became an expert in um, trans endocrinology. Yes, that's right. Because she sort of happened on it early. And so this is it's not that early, but it's still pretty early in the piece. There's a lot of law and a lot of things happening. So, you know, Mm. she could be the expert. She's got to be better at toady than it. And she didn't go to like Gazcan and go, hey, you're an ex-crim. Yeah. Uh, I want to be a lawyer. Can I study you? Can you chew to me? Yeah. <laughs> she went to the person who's doing the job. If she did want to do that, think of the pickings that are available for her <laughs> yeah. on that street. Ned. Paul. Oh, White collar crime. <laughs> Sheila. She- yeah. Come one, come all. Everyone. Susan's oh. even knocked over a few kids. Yeah. Coil. Coil, well, yeah. Most recently, yeah. So Harlow's trying to work through her feelings, but then well, you know what's the trigger for Harlow to realise Hendrix is bunging it on? He gives her a book of poetry, John Don love poetry. What? How does he pronounce it again? Don. John Don. <laughs> like 
John Don Jovi. I found this great poet. Shot through the heart. <laughs> Got my first real six string. <laughs> you give love a bad name. That was Brian Adams. Oh, well. It's the same thing. Did I get the right one? You got the okay. right one. <laughs> I loved Bon Jovi when I was a kid too, so that's wrong. That's when the penny drops for Harlow. She's like, he's not into books. He's having me on, which I think is very intuitive of her. It's, it's possibly the most astute move of anybody in Erinsborough in a long yes. time. Mm. This is why she and Mackenzie could head up Rebecca Law tomorrow and sort it out. And Erinsborough um, Hospital. So then she takes the poetry to Hendrix in one of the sauciest scenes I've ever seen on this at 6.30pm of a weeknight. So what I loved about this was the confidence and ability that she had to hold, hold herself. As a teenage girl, many of us wish that we would have that kind of now. With We're presuming limited romantic experience. Yeah. I mean, most people at that age have limited, right? So she just basically says, oh, I'm going to call you bluff. If you think that you're going to get me, I'm going to make you feel like the most inexperienced, undomineering person in the world. She played him like a fiddle. Does this erotic reading. Mm. Oh, I just loved it. I did read one of them. Come, sir, come, or rest my powers defy. Until I labour, I in labour lie. Unpin that spangled breastplate from which you wear. It is bedtime. It's... It's poetic. Yeah. And then she's like pinning him up against the wall and going, I know what you want or whatever. And he's like, whoa, whoa, like, can we just cool our jets here? Mm. I found out about your crush and I've been pranking you. But then she turns it on him and scoffs at him and says, well, I figured that out because you're an idiot and you gave me a book. So I don't like you, obviously, which wounded him more than she thought it would. They've got a really nuanced relationship, I think, because they enjoy being combative with each other but they enjoy the playfulness of it Mm. and they don't actually want to shoot to kill and I think she realized in that moment she hurt his feelings so then that's why on the way home when Chloe was trying to pry into his personal life she jumped in and was like it's about maths yeah (laughs) it is great they're both taking maths (laughs) look it echoes a bit of Paul and Therese doesn't it their their cat and mouse games yeah Yeah. but I didn't like so when he was like oh wait a second wait a second I I didn't expect that because I thought the reason that he was taking his shirt off and running around was he enjoyed the attention and he was like finally Harlow's giving me the time of day because he's had a few goes at Harlow yeah he's he's into her yeah but why, yeah, so why did he say no? Was he just so afraid think, of being... I think he was alarmed. He wasn't going yeah. the way he expected. Yeah. He, he expected to be in control of the situation. Yeah, he didn't want to be the submissive. And I think he enjoys the game. Mm. He enjo- he's like, no, I like the slow burn. I don't want it all at once here. Like he's- the rest of us, he likes the slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> he's very sophisticated. Both of them are for kids. And yes, obviously we want her to be with someone that's not a perpetual sex pest. But again, you make dumb decisions when you're 17. Yeah, but also there's only a few people around. (laughs) There's actually no eligible bachelors aside from him. Yeah. I mean, who's she going to end up with? Like Detective Mechanic when he comes back? Gazcan. Who else is going to her barbecues? Gazcan. We better get to, unfortunately, him. I love that. All for the teen drama. Even though I did feel uncomfortable at one point, I'm like, I shouldn't be finding this erotic. Yeah, but <laughs> teens. But it was. It so anyway. <laughs> Imagine if Scott and Charlene had been like that back in the day. <laughs> what, how might that have gone? I can't, I don't know what they would have said to each other. Well, look, it was very chaste back in the day. Pass me that wrench. <laughs> I'll rack off. <laughs> 
When there's stuff around your house that's busted up and not so grouse, or there's something that needs nailing, am I right? I'll be down there in a while. Just call me, Dialer Kyle. 1-800-Dialer-Kyle. Oh, shit, I forgot to get a phone number that spells something. 1-800-758-746-932. Now with home delivery of hot chips. Okay, we're over at the cannery. There's a fry-up for breakfast. Fire up the barbecue, it's breakfast time. There's a bit of that going around, Ramsey Street. That would be so exciting to have a barbecue for breakfast, though, just on an average day. A couple of snags. Mushrooms, apparently. It's all going on. Dippy's there because she, her husband's in the doghouse. V's just dropped by to visit her mum, notices that she's slipped right in. She's part of the cannery now and goes back to say, look, Dad, it's not looking good. Mum's really enmeshed over there in amongst the snags and the pigeons. It's a very strange situation. It is bonkers. Take me back to the locker room, please, to the teens. Why doesn't she just go up to Sydney and stay with her sister, see Kersher and Jay? These people are our age. We should be wanting this (laughs) storyline. Gazcan is not our age. No, he's forget him. Puffy and Dippy. Yeah, I think when the motives and the premise of a story is this ridiculous, I can't get on board. What about it is ridiculous? Because I mean, this is bread and butter. This is Gazcan is repellent. I'm sorry. We yeah. love him as a loser. We don't yeah. love him as Dippy's love interest. He's not a Lothario. It's not that bit for me. It's that she moved out because yeah. someone tried to kiss her husband. Yeah. That's the uh, bit I can't deal with. Yeah, I mean, she shouldn't have moved out. And She's he an lied idiot. about it. Big fight. They should still be fighting. Yes, but agree. It's a big fight. You're in the middle of it. Stay yeah. in the house and deal with it. Or like, as Kate said, go and visit the other daughter. Yeah. You know, really make him sweat it. Fine, but you don't move next door and go and play pigeon family with Gary. I'm borrowing a body pillow of CJ's at the moment because she didn't want it. And currently it's like a, a barrier between me and my mm. partner. Mm. She, They're very could, useful for that. Dippy could get one of them. <laughs> yes. They use them on maths all the time. <laughs> they put them down the middle before they're ready for... Get Puffy a bloody air mattress and make him sleep on the floor. Make him go and sleep at Gary. Do they still have Clancy? Put him in the literal doghouse. <laughs> what happened to Clancy? Wait a second. I think he's, I mean, I think he's still around. But he's never mentioned. He's never around. Wait till Dr. Chris finds out what they've done to this other dog. Trade's probably giving it away, giving him away. (laughs) Puffy comes around and practically begs, grovels to Dippy to come come home. Come home, love. Come on, Dippy. I can cook up a snag for (laughs) you. And then he confronts Gary in the street to say, can you please try and convince my wife to come home? shack up with me, missus? (laughs) And Gaz is alarmingly affronted by this instruction request. Like, I'm not involved, mate. I'm not going to talk to your wife. I'm like, just, she, you've taken her in. Yes, mm. it was your mum's idea. But, oh, bloody, thank you, Sheila, by the way. She invites this woman in and then just says, off to New Zealand. Yeah, this see is- ya. <laughs> Look, I think Gaz's response should have been, you need to talk to Dippy about this. How much is Sheila just, the conversations we're not seeing from Sheila is her and Clive, she's saying to Clive, Oh, God, I've got this train wreck situation. I've got Dippy staying in our place. Can we just, can I just stay with you? And he's like, I'm going away. Come with me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because she said you can stay as long as you want. And when you say things like that, you mean one, two nights. Yes. That's what you mean. The old guests are like fish. Yeah. What's the rest of that? But they're on the nose after a a couple of days. Oh, lovely. (laughs) And Dippy is like, oh, great. So I'll move in. My daughter will come and visit me. My husband will try and get me back. All Shane needs to do is go and put on his stockman's hat. Yep. 
stand in the middle of the street and start wooing her back mm. with his poetry. Yeah, get a ballad going. Oh, Borrow the oh John Gunn God. book. Oh, I just had a flashback to the bush poetry. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was an awful era. Yeah, it but it a- made Dippy hot. So let's just do it again. Get out a bit of the man from Ironbark. Yes. I've, I've played my part. If you play your game. <laughs> When he comes around and again begs her to come home, he's like, but he implies that he doesn't trust her there with Gary now that Sheila's buggered off to NZ. And that flips a switch for Stippy. She's like, excuse me, uh, you had a lady's lips near yours and didn't tell me about it, so shut your face. Also, if you were Dippy and your husband had had a pash, even an unconsensual one, with Roxy, and then you are accused of... Of having one with gas cans. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest bitch. She should have laughed at him. Yeah. Like, Are you insane? He's back there with his pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> she should be having an affair with Hendrix. In the, yeah. in the, she, in look at that coil. He's, yeah. a, he's oh, a better catch than Gaz. I love that, Kate. I love that for them. Really? It's not even intergenerational. He's a virile young man. Mm. He's lonely. He's taking chips around to whoever wants chips. Oh. What a perfect solution. And that I could definitely get behind because mm. she's retaliating with a younger lad. But, well, we've seen the spoiler pics in the sex tub. Oh, oh and God, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> Gary, why? Gary has a function on this show. I don't want to get rid of Gary, but it's not this function. It's not, it's not this function. He's basically the whipping boy of the show, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. But I don't want him to have this magnetic wang that, like... Birds can't yeah. get enough of. For some reason, I feel like we discussed what may possibly be the canning penis last week, but didn't make it to the pod. What? I have had a mental blank. Once I edit things, they erased from my You're mind. You're gone? You don't yeah. want to talk about it again? I don't know if we talked about it off air or on air and you just you just oh, edited it out. We talked about it. Yes. No, I paused. It didn't make it to the cut. I, look, I just had a theory that considering B and Finn were mistaking a CPR dummy for being a sex doll mm. with her like oddly pursed lips, <laughs> is that saying something about the canning anatomy that they said wangs could fit into those pursed lips. Oh, that is it, if, if they got the, like ruler wangs? The, there's a steamroller that's been taken to them. <laughs> like a stingray? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. But like maybe is this how the limber ladybird occurs? The, that it's it's like such a weird it's, appendage. It's born of the flat Stanley. <laughs> do you think Amy taught Kyle how to do the limber ladybird? <laughs> Amy wouldn't know. Oh, she, Amy. Oh, God. Oh, God. She could, like, give bloody classes in New York about that Limba Ladybird. See, see, we're at a dark place now. Mm. It's not a place I want to be mm. on a Friday night kicking back. But, I mean, where else is Gary going to be? Discussing Canwang. <laughs> but where do you want him, Vale? He can go back to his tram. And his pigeons. And his weird food. Mm. And... And occasional law-breaking. Yeah, drunk stumbling. Yeah, he can go and find out what's in those boxes. Yeah, get in... Get over at the fight ring. Actually, that could make Gaz interesting if he joined Fight Club. No. No, no, I think it would because it, suddenly he'd get this angry side to him, that, a bit of aggression. You're like, oh, hang on. Well, actually, Fight Club's dismantled. Now they're just roaming gangs. Now they're scientists. <laughs> <laughs> they're in STEM. STEM gangs. <laughs> because what happens, CJ? <clears throat> So somehow I was forced to watch some things about the fight gang because it, the fight gang and the buddy club 
merged. So I wasn't ready with my fast forward. No, I didn't was, know. Came as if from nowhere. And I knew that the, the child central to this was Rebecca Emiloglu's son. And sidebar, what a precious cherub that yeah. young fellow he, is. He looks a bit like his uncle from back Who, in the day, Dominic Emiloglu. Oh. He's got the same sort of hair cut, I think. He's, he's gorgeous. Sebastian. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, actually, then who's Dominic then? Yeah, yeah he does look An- like a cherub. Angelic child. And he's mm. little – I wasn't. I didn't realise he was that young because when they said he was so – this is Rebecca's son, Kai, mm-hmm. and they said he was going to do a guest role as a member of the buddy club. Yep. And I thought he was going to be a tween. She has two brothers, Dominic and Sebastian. Oh, there uh, we go. Kate, uh, Kate and I have – Trust the. We, we know the Elmer Loglu siblings. Know the deep in the cobwebs of our brains, things make sense somewhere. So I thought, oh, he's going to be like 12 or something. And he's this little munchkin and he was yabbying in the lake with coil. Which, which by the way, Carl, that's very hot. I didn't know that lake had yabbies. I don't know if it's got the ability to, to have animal oh, life. life. <laughs> guys, guys, our, our local park, which recently had its lake renovated. It did, yeah. They had a fish release there recently, including putting yabbies into oh, it. Well, oh, go. so maybe someone's put yabbies into Lasseter's Lake for this purpose. Yeah, Kyle. He Kyle. went and got them at the market <laughs> and then lay them in there. Those kids will be like getting nets full of bloody um, right prescription CDs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. And someone's wedding ring and you know. some, some like padlocks. Yeah. All of Angry all of padlocks. engagement rings. <laughs> Whatever ornaments blown off of the Sonia tree. Oh, dear. This adorable child. Is yabbing with Kyle and the other buddy watch people. And then who's there? Someone Dr. Naka turns up. With Tanaka? Coil, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Naka turns and up. He's like, oh, there's a gun in one of their backpacks. Because, by the way, when you've got a gun in your backpack, you just leave it open. Yeah. Yeah. Did you look at that gun and go, that doesn't look like a gun to no, me? That I, looks that looks like an 80s kind of like video game. I thing. thought it was a little athletic starter pistol. Mm. Like a red on your marks, get set, go. Because it's red, it's white and blue. And blue. blue. Yeah. So after Thursday night's episode, I was like, I'm putting this to the internet. And who okay. better to ask about guns than Americans? Anyways. Kate's going to get us into some trouble, I fear. The word on Reddit Street was that it looks just like a plastic model of a Glock to me. Someone else said, looks like a Glock with a full auto selector. Why it's painted white on top, I don't know. Kate usually goes into Reddit and says, what's this bird or what's this tree? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, what's, like, what's this gun? What's this Is gun? it a real gun? And someone else said, aside from the colour, it does have the same shape and look as a Glock 24. Pretty old, but possible. Typically blue and other colours are used for dummy weapons in training exercises. And yeah, someone else said it was a training gun. But then Friday night revealed the truth. I think it's white because it's Barbara Streisand's. <laughs> she paints everything white, like microphones and stuff. Maybe it's hers. When I did search for blue gun, this picture came up, which was a 3D printed firearm, which is blue and white. It I'm is. like, oh, they've painted a dummy Glock to look kind of a little bit like a 3D printed gun. There also, you go. That also looks like what I fill up my car with, petrol wise. <laughs> But if you're making it on a printer, don't you get to decide what colour it is? I don't think you get to pick the colours with 3D printing. I think it's just whatever the substance is oh. that you put into the mould. I thought you just like imagine something and then press print and like, it came um, out. No, no, it's, it's like the plastic tubing that goes into it. That like um, like Wonka Vision. You just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I imagined it. They just beam the chocolate bar mm. and it's a smaller version. Yeah. I'd like one and then I could have caramel milk all the time. Yeah. So then... Coil. Well, firstly, Kyle picks up the gun and just shoots it. Yeah, can, can, this is the point where he blatantly lies. So he tells the police, oh, I picked it up and it went off. 
No, Kyle Eugene, what's the rest of his name? Canning. Frederick, maybe? Francis, no. That's you Harry. picked up the gun and you fired it. Mm. You fired the gun. It didn't just go off in your hand. Thank um, God he did it like, you know, crazy party style straight into the, yeah. the sky. In, into the Sonia tree probably. Yeah, Frankston style. Blatant lie. And then what do they tie it back to? Bloody what's his face? Ned. Ned is sniffing around because he has got all sorts of anxiety because oh. he's hiding his criminal situation from his soon-to-be police officer he ac- girlfriend. Because he accidentally saw giant boxes. Because that's worked well in the past in Ramsey Street. Congratulations, Yashvi Rebecca. She's made the police academy. And the academy itself is only like in the next suburb from Erinsborough. Anyway. Perfect. And but she's going to go away on some specialist program. She mentioned this the other week. That's SWAT training. Yeah. Oh no, she wants to live on site. Who wouldn't though? Like her parents, like are, are a bloody mess, and she's living with small children and her uncle otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And get also, out of there, like, mate. You know, you only go to the academy once, I assume, unless you're debt mac. And um. <laughs> And so why not just live it up and get mm. to know all these people yeah. and have a really she's, sort of, you know, good experience? She's not going to have the uni experience, so go have this. Go have this. And Perfect. what is it, like six weeks? Yeah. Calm down, Ned. He's on edge at all times. Plus it gives him plenty of time to sort this situation out before she comes back. Yes. So they interrogate this 10-year-old who's like, oh, oh my God, you are so precious. He's so cute. I didn't know it was real. I know you didn't. I didn't think it was real either. Let the police know that it was all an accident. I'm not scared of them. Well, who then? My sister. It was in a car. Oh, he said, oh, it's my sister's. Ned. Oh, was, he, was in my sister's car? It's like, oh, hang on, okay, well, she's older. Ned hears the sister's name because he's hanging around the police station. I'm sure Kate remembers the name. It was Greta. And Ned goes, thinking on his feet, goes, Greta's a weird name. <laughs> I mean, it's like probably the most famous name at the moment. In the world. Yeah. <laughs> Ned has somehow worked out that she... He's a gangster mole or she's connected to these gangs somehow and that – God, I lost interest. What happened? I mean, the gang also tried to kill Yashvi on the way to her exam. Oh, yeah. By doing yeah. something to her dad's shitty car. <laughs> <laughs> Copped a lot of flack, that car. <laughs> what about how Ned is interrogating this little child and to yeah. the point where he runs off in yeah. fear? And, I mean, he's already got enough – in problems this child his sister's in some gang well he's in buddy club which isn't a great sign to begin <laughs> yeah, with we, we obviously did, something's going we on didn't even get life. to the bottom of his issues that took him there i mean is he lighting fires at schools or Crooming. something? Or? oh no but, oh so what they find out ned he got on wikipedia too i guess and he's figured out that this yeah. gun was made with 3d printers and so that was the 3d printers are quite big like for a printer right and so i bet he worked it out much slower than kate worked it out <laughs> I bet he didn't hop on Reddit to find out these answers. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know if Ned he, knows how to use Reddit. Ned's probably banned from Reddit. <laughs> now, a couple of things I just wanted to touch on. Firstly, one of the most relatable pieces of content this week. Carl Kennedy bought a bayonet light bulb for a screw-in <gasps> lamp. That, that moment brought me so much joy. Same, same. I was like, we have all been there. Do they, do they call them bayonet light bulbs overseas? This is the, that, that's a, the thing that popped into my head. CJ, you're not as excited by this development as me, Kate. I just think that we should make a decision. When you set up house with someone, yeah. you should say we're bayonet people yes. and we're like Phillips head people yeah. Yeah. and no. then you never have any other one you again. Know, no, you know what happens? It's bloody Ikea has brought screw-in oh. light bulbs into everyone's lives. And Allen keys. 
Because IKEA only have the screw, in, screw yes. in, right? Yeah. Or annoyingly enough, they have the that's an Edison screw, the screw in one. Mm-hmm. They have the small Edison screw as well, which is what it's a lot of bedside lamps. And by crikey, having to. Oh, I and then yeah. you've got down lights and bloody. Don't even begin to mess around with that bizzo. I mean, the globe in my kitchen, which is like a weird tube circular thing, has been out. For three weeks and I haven't gone to replace it. It's just, so I mean, well done on going to buy one to begin yeah. with, Carl. It was it was just but an at what stage moment. of trying to screw something in? Do you go, oh, this is clearly quite wrong. This isn't working at all. You you realise pretty much instantaneously that the bayonet's not going into the yeah, screw because Carl's too busy like just leaking everybody's secrets to worry about yeah. what's right in front of his nose. He doesn't seem to have done many shifts lately. He's just always about. Or he's he's not at the tram either, which is he was really. No one's he, at the tram. He had a lot of. That, obviously, it's a ball breaker to shoot in that tram set, but walk past it occasionally. That'd be good. Didn't Ellie go for breakfast there? She seems to go for breakfast. You know what? Ellie holds her baby a lot. Like, I'm, I'm all for holding babies, but put that – I mean, it's got a bloody stoky pram. Yeah, yeah. Or put feed it. In, I don't know. She just holds it sort of on her chest a lot. Like, she even walked around to Carl and Susan's with it just, like, holding it like that. Like, yeah. they get heavy. Pop it yeah. over your shoulder sometimes. Yeah. And also, you, you after a while, you get kind of – Sick of holding them. I don't know that you just kind of go. Can I have the mental break of putting yeah, my child? Especially down? when she's visiting with B and B's like, I want to see my niece. Like you'd hand the baby straight over to the doting mm. aunt. Yeah, I mean, I know that half the time it's probably because they're using the doll. Yeah, but yeah. still, okay, fine. Before we do citizen or citizen, I want to highlight what kicked us off to this episode is the one of the most sterling pieces of dialogue I heard this week mm. to rage schooling young Roxy just to get out of the house. I'm Googling the term scragging, by the way. Well, you don't have to because I went to the writer of the episode, Oh, Pete Matessi, because um, I tweeted and said that was just glorious, that whole scene, to rage saying, get up. I was scragging girls twice your size outside the top end pub before you were even born. And then I said, I mean, is scragging even a verb? Does it matter? I'm not fighting it. And Pete Matessi, who wrote the episode, said scragging is definitely a verb. And my draft had the North Frio Hotel instead of the Top End Pub for a bit of Therese WA detail. And because of a dodgy experience I had there once buying knockoff Eagles tickets. I feel like it's not a Victorian verb because I, I feel like in Victoria we would say scrag. Scrag fight. is a noun. Scrag, yeah. Is a, yeah, scrag is a person, but scrag fighting is a yeah, verb. But I embrace it. I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, welcome, I like it. Welcome to my vocabulary, scragging. We had yabbying. We had yeah. scragging. Yeah. Welcome to our culture. Yeah. I'd like Kyle to say scragging. Yeah. He probably has said it. I mean, yeah. It's probably part of his foreplay. Then Pete said, Therese having an absolute hair trigger temper and willing to take violent action is one of my favourite things about her. Mine too. She's to rage, mate. She could blow up at any minute. Yeah. And in that moment, she tera- she raged. But in a really uplifting way. Glorious. Okay, shall we do citizen or shitizen? I can kick us off with a double shitizen. A double shit. Double shit. Carl and Susan Kennedy. You almost you almost had me with your light bulb chat, but you let me down when your job was to supervise Chaperone. R- chaperone Robert Millsy Mills, amnesiac terrorist Finn, mm. because he's not allowed to be near children and work with them. So therefore he was gonna tutor Keep wanting to say Zancan. What's her name? Hello, Ha Rob. She he said, I can only do this if I'm supervised. Carl and Susan are like, We'll be here, mate. We'll be here. And then the sun comes out and Carl and Coos are like, Well, 
we're going to go yeah, sit out in the nah, garden. As a concerned parent, I, I had problems with that situation. Literally, his only concern was that he needed to be supervised. And so they leave him alone with a schoolgirl. It's like, I could be sent back into the slammer for this. And she starts talking about his psychopathic parents and then he's triggered. It's a hot mess. I love how they are all worried about how Finn's going to cope with this. Not the child. So that's me, CJ. I echo your thoughts exactly because not being able to get a working with children's tech, the rule isn't you can be supervised. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to go with Shitazen, Gary. (gasps) No. Can I go Shitazen for the whole storyline of Gary and... (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's, it's giving you the citizens. It's giving me the <laughs> citizens. You are right. Yeah, nouns are becoming verbs. Verbs are becoming nouns. Whatever. Yeah, I've been citizen, citizen, citizen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know if I'm angry at Shane for being angry at them or if I'm angry at Gary for just being there with pigeons or Dippy for just not going home. Or going to work. I know they're trying to give Dippy a storyline, but just try another one. Actually, that's true. We have asked for that. I know, but try not, another but not one. Not this one. We certainly never asked for no. this one. No. <laughs> no. So, Kate. yeah, I'm done. Kate? Kate. Oh, my citizen this week is Hendrix. Oh. Because oh. yeah, he kind of gave us all the Hendrix this week. <laughs> certainly one of us more than the others. I mean, I feel like giving you citizen of the week now for, for, for pointing that out. I can't believe he didn't think of him straight away. I know. I've had to suppress my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's brought a bit of devilish charm into this week where CPR dummies have been yeah. mistaken for sex dolls and Gary Cannings is a chance of getting his leg over. And got us into some good old-fashioned teen drama, which is the one of the foundations of this show. And also, also, I'd like to point out this week his mum left him again this week. Yeah. Oh, she, and, and she's she's pregnant again. Yeah, she's text. Oh, yeah, she's texting. Yeah, that was her big exit. Is that she didn't want to have a baby with David and Aaron because she was already pregnant to her, her ex. Yeah. Do we believe that, or do we think that she was actually mm. she's actually unfrozen one of the embryos and got it up her? Yeah, that is a genius solution to go. Okay. Because I'd, li- I'd like to see her back. She's a great actress. Let's get her back. Um, it was a pretty final taxi scene. I'm sorry. What a terrible mother she is. Why is she thinking of having more children? Where she was like, oh, I can't get another one. So see you, Hendrix. Bye. Yeah. I'll send you texts. Enjoy don't- your 12. And then she's like, don't you think I won't be on the phone to you all the time? You didn't even know where he was living. Oh, well, then. Also, but who yeah. uses landlines? Also, his says. phone was confiscated for like a month. Oh, my gosh. But. Pierce has packed his bags he's going to visit the other kid. (laughs) She's going to have some bloody daddy issues. Yeah, because now we've got Millsy's daddy issues to look forward to. Can't wait. Didn't Kate, at some point you figured out who who the dad was? Oh, did I do a dream casting for the dad? No. What was the the guy? So his mum was in a show. Oh, Mr. Bad. Yeah. Mr. Bad. Oh, Vince Martin. Yeah, let's get him in. If it's not Vince Martin, I'm going to be bitterly disappointed. We're going to go offline and do some Googling about what he's up to. All right. Bring him back. See you next week. Oh, okay. Yep. (laughs) Neighbourspod.com. Uh, CJ's on Insta. <laughs> yep, CJ Hopman's mum on Instagram. She's already uploading her stories. I'm at Remude on Twitter. Neighbours Council on Facebook and Neighbours Pod on Twitter. And don't forget to rate or review us. And subscribe if you're not. <laughs>
Yes, just hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts and away you go. And make us sweat a few more bullets by joining our Patreon and mm. getting us closer to that elusive 100 patrons. To, to relaunch the Neighbours Night. Yeah, do it really quickly so that we have to do it now. So, so that we have to become event planners. Vaya but- doesn't have a job. Come on. Vaya <laughs> has no external commitments. This is going to be like our version of Live Aid, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I wonder if we could get Anne Rawlings to do a trivia or do a bingo stint there as well. Okay, we'll get. We'll, we're we're going to do a blue sky meeting. We're going to create crowdsource. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye.